Tau Brush is slimy fish tuna, John. Hey, Adeline, did you hear about the child who was put in jail because they wouldn't take their nap? Yeah, they were resisting arrest. <laughs> Don't trust Adams because they make up everything. How many tickles does he make a up with left, John? What is fast, loud, and crunchy? A rocket ship. How do lawyers say goodbye? We'll be suing you. Do you know what they call an elephant that doesn't matter? It's an irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> what did the um, right eye say to the left eye? Between us, something smells. What concert costs only 45 cents? 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. <laughs> What's brown and sticky? A stick. <laughs> hey, Adam. Did you hear the one about the scarecrow who was super good at his job? Turns out he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I love seeing oh. those faces and you know I love focusing on something good and feeling like we're part of a community seeing kids seeing parents if you'd like to be more involved in the Kalos community why don't you join our private Facebook group you know we have more interactions that are crash humor prayer requests all sorts all you have to do is join us for our crash course on zoom right after the service and now we're gonna pray about something you know in this time of coronavirus there's been a lot of fine financial instability and people are really predicting a tsunami of evictions. People are having a hard time working because of the lockdown and they can't pay rent and many people even in our own church community are still not getting their unemployment checks. And so that combination is very difficult especially as the bills come, mortgages come, we still got to pay all of our bills. And so we just want to pray for everybody who's dealing with yeah. financial instability. I was so encouraged, though, to see that in one of our small groups, our financial peace small groups, there have been some good things that have come during this time. You know, one, one of the small groups said, hey, last night we completed our third time leading Financial Peace University. We couldn't be more proud. In just nine weeks as a group, we paid off $11,000 of wow. debt. And I, I think Huge. that's amazing. I just want to share that so we can grow in our faith as we pray that God can free us financially Amen. and he can bless us even in difficult times. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much that you are our source. Even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of financial insecurity, Lord, we know that you are our provider, that you give us our daily bread. And so, Lord, for all of us who are dealing with financial insecurity, Lord, I pray that you would come through in a supernatural way, that we would see you working to help us pay our rent, to buy food, to pay for all of our bills, Lord. And so we place our cares in your hands, we pray in the name of Jesus. 
And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you so much for praying with us. Mm. Well, without further ado, we have a great message from Pastor Amritha showing up. So right now, we want to make sure we're not just a friendly church, but a church of friends. So let's give her some love as our near and dear pastor friend. Let's give her some digital high fives, some digital emoji prayer hands, and let's get ready for an incredible message. Yes. Well, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers Mm. out there. Today is a very special day. Mm. And you might be wondering, why am I preaching on Father's Day? Well, I decided... Why don't I give Pastor Pretty Ben a break today? Yeah, he's a father, yeah. he's a pastor. Yes. So dads, I hope that you are getting a good break today. Amen. Well, hey, we are going to continue our series, our summer series, reading through the book of Esther. Mm. And we're actually picking up in chapter three today. And if you like a good drama, mm-hmm. it's about to get dramatic in this book called Esther, if you've never read it before. And uh, I tell you what, just follow along. It's going to be great and we're also going to be celebrating fathers as we read Esther chapter 3. Yes! But before we dive into the scripture, I want to tell you, I want to catch you up on this story because this is a really incredible like I said, dramatic story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've seen already is King Xerxes has banished his queen from the kingdom mm-hmm. and she is no longer welcome. And so the king is looking for a new queen. And so we learned last week that many women were brought to the king, taken to the king mm-hmm. uh, so that he could find a new queen. And one of them was Esther. And Esther was raised by her cousin named Mordecai, who we're going to talk about some more here in a little bit. But Esther, like we heard last week, this is not the VeggieTales version of the series, Esther, the book of Esther, but she was actually sex trafficked and taken, the word of God says, to the king to present herself uh, to see if she was worthy of being queen. And Mm. sure enough, the king found favor with Esther and she became queen. And so we're picking up here in Esther chapter three, verse three, and some really crazy stuff is about to go down. So let's pick up right here. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of the Amadada, the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than all of the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, they spoke to him about, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Mm. Wow. Okay. If you didn't catch this, here's a couple things that are going on and, and a couple ways to help you remember who we're talking about. We're talking about two main characters in chapter three. The first is Mordecai. Remember, mm-hmm. Mordecai is the cousin who raised Esther. The second one is Haman, okay? If you want to remember the difference so that you don't get confused, sometimes it can be confusing. Haman equals hate. Haman, 
hated the Jews. Isn't wow. that an easy way to remember yes. it? And so Mordecai, we see here, will not bow to Haman, who King Xerxes just elevated to basically become like what would what we would know as like the prime minister, the wow. vice president of all of the land. Hmm. And Mordecai refuses to bow, not just one day, but day after day after day. Wow. And sure enough, uh, the people go and tell Haman, hey, Mordecai is not bowing to you like the rest of us. Hmm. And Haman is so ticked. He is so mad that he says, you know what? I don't want to just take out you, Mordecai. Now I'm going to take out all of your people, Mm. which were God's people, the Jewish people. And so we see that Haman had a bad temper, that Mm -hmm. the situation escalated very quickly. And I think it's really interesting in the, in our world where we've been talking about Colin Kaepernick and the brutal, awful murder of George Floyd, the world was talking about taking a knee. And here we see in Esther chapter three, bowing, Mm -hmm. taking a knee, talking about a very similar, interesting thing here. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that we go from Esther being crowned queen to now all of her people, all of the Jewish people being threatened to death. Wow. This is so crazy. Now, I don't want to give away too much of the story in the rest of the book of Esther, but I want to tell you this. Mordecai was a man of God. And even though he didn't bow to Haman, whether it was good or bad that he didn't, he took responsibility. He realized Mm -hmm. that he, whatever decision he made, to not bow to Haman created consequences. And those consequences were now going to affect all of the Jewish people. And so Haman stepped in, Mm -hmm. he stepped up. He said, you know what? This has got to be fixed and I've got to be an integral part of this process. And so today... I want to celebrate fathers. I want to celebrate fathers who take responsibility, not just for maybe uh, issues they've created, (laughs) but really I want to say that fathers take responsibility in dark times that maybe they didn't even create. And I want to celebrate fathers who step into hard Mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. I want to celebrate fathers who are selfless, who lead by example. And so today we're going to look at the life of Mordecai and I want to pull out a couple things that I believe are true about who he is. And I was thinking about men of God and men who represent Christ and who step in in situations like this. And I was thinking about my grandfather. Mm. My grandfather was a white preacher in an all white community. In fact, I was adopted from India when I was three years old and I grew up in a white family (laughs) in a white community in the middle of Kansas, like Wizard of Oz, sunflowers and beautiful sunsets. I love Kansas. It is my home. There's no place like home. Very good. I know it. And in the middle of Kansas, before I was adopted and came to my small community, my grandfather in the 70s actually married the very first interracial couple that that community had ever Hmm. seen. In fact, this couple actually went to all the other pastors and said, would you please marry us? Hmm. And all of them said no, except for my grandfather, who was a man of God. And at the ceremony, he was sitting next to a man who didn't know he was the preacher. And the man leaned over to my grandfather and said, isn't this a disgrace 
to see this white woman marrying this black man. Isn't mm. this a disgrace? And my grandfather, in the face of that, that question, he got up and he performed the ceremony. <laughs> Mike drop yeah. because he was a man of God, because he realized that God made everyone in his image. My grandfather would not stand for the injustice of brown and black people back in the 70s. And what I understand is that his ceiling is now my floor. Yeah. And now yeah. generations later, it's not just okay for me to not be racist, but now I need to deliberately fight against inequality for black people in our nation. Yes. I'm so amazed by men of God who stand up for the right thing, who step in and do what God has called us to do. Amen. And I believe that there are many fathers who live like this. Mm -hmm. And I want to celebrate yes. you today, fathers. I believe that there are fathers who have made incredible sacrifices for their family, sacrifices that maybe has cost them their dreams, maybe money, maybe uh, just different things that they had laid out for them. They, they, they have sacrificed in so many ways. There are fathers who are even today breaking the cycle of divorce, breaking the cycle of abandoning their children. There are fathers who are sticking with it, who are committed, who value family. I believe that there are fathers who are enduring a lot of pressure, especially in this season. I know dads that you have even had to rearrange your life in this mm -hmm. quarantine. This has affected you and yeah. impacted you as you're trying to work from home with kids all around, as you're trying to yes. keep the peace and get things done. And, and you've got leaders and bosses and people putting the pressure on you. I celebrate fathers today who are really being amazing, like this father right who, here, who every single night tucks his kids in for bed, sings a Jesus song to them, and prays over them. I want you to see this next father as well, who is just wonderful to celebrate today. How am I doing on your hair? Good. Let's see. I need some more grease. Yes, you need more grease on there. More grease. And then what? And then you need to brush it and then put a band on it. Put a band on it? Okay. Yeah. Oh. You're getting through. You're almost done. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Oh, thank you, sweetheart, so much. Daddy's trying. The best I can. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm almost done. Get You're you. doing great. Oh, baby, thank you so much. You're so encouraging to Dad. <laughs> thank you, honey. You're welcome. I really appreciate you so much. You're so awesome. Daddy, give me your ponytail ready for school. Nope, ready for church. Ready for church? That's right. So we can go and praise the Lord tonight after school, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. All right, what you think? Looks good? <laughs> All right, thank you so much. I love you, baby. Give us a kiss. Thank you. Well, that was the cutest <laughs> video ever.
I fresh. love it. It's so cute. Right. Well, fathers, I wonder today, as we even as we're celebrating you, if if you are feeling a little bit like underappreciated sometimes, you're you're feeling in this moment the pressure, you're struggling because maybe today you're feeling guilty because you haven't been the perfect father. Maybe you feel like you've messed up. I, I think there's all kinds of feelings that mm -hmm. fathers may be having today. And I know dads that even in this quarantine, this last few months, you have had to rearrange your life too. This has taken a toll on you. Mm -hmm. And so fathers, I want you to know that we recognize all the feelings that may be going on for you. And, and in spite of that, we celebrate you. You are still hugely important to our families. Mm -hmm. And I want to look at the scripture today. I want to look at Mordecai. Mordecai, there are a couple things about him that I really believe are worth celebrating and things that I see in fathers, men of God who are fathering children uh, in our day to day. And the first one is this. The first one is that fathers are selfless. Hmm. I believe that Mordecai was a selfless man. And you know what? We have to remember that before this moment, this really crazy moment where Mordecai would not bow to Haman and now all of the Jews are being threatened to be killed before this moment Mordecai was a father mm -hmm. who raised a little girl yeah we look in Esther chapter 2 verse 7 it says this Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother this young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. You know, this is kind of personal for me because I had a father who adopted me as mm -hmm. well and chose to bring me into his world. And that's exactly what Mordecai did. We know that Mordecai willingly, in a moment where Esther was an orphan, he he willingly took her in. And let's be honest, there had to have been sacrifices yeah. that Mordecai made to mm -hmm. be able to raise Esther. I would imagine that Esther uh, was just wanting to fight for his daughter and encourage his daughter. In fact, we see later on that Esther is a woman of God and she's a prayer warrior. And we realize that Esther, that Mordecai really poured into Esther in the most wonderful way. And when we think about Esther being a woman of God, we have to say, well, who took the time to teach her that? Well, it was mm. Mordecai. Mordecai was in her life and taught her that. And I think sometimes we see the mistakes that people make, that fathers make, and we have a hard time forgetting that. We just remember the mistakes but really there before Mordecai didn't bow to Haman he 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 was a father and he raised a daughter and I remember my dad oh man in high school he would make me so mad we would he was so overprotective I preached about this before he was so over <laughs> overprotective that even though we knew how to swim as junior high kids we would walk up into the swimming pool with life jackets on because my dad wouldn't let us go to the swimming <laughs> pool without a life jacket on because he was so overprotective he thought we would drown my dad back in the day there were three of us teenagers in the house and we had one cell phone <laughs> can you imagine we had one cell phone and that cell phone was used to call my dad when we were going somewhere to call him on our way home to call him while we were there to make sure everything it was just used to control my life <laughs> 
life I hated having a cell phone because my dad was just waiting by the phone, making sure that everything was okay all the time. And it just drove me crazy. But you know what? My dad was also the guy in my life who, before I married Pastor Pradeepin, he looked at Pastor Pradeepin in the face and he said, you know, the worst thing that could happen, my daughter, is that she marries you and lives in your shadow for the rest of her life because what she has to offer the world, the world needs. The guy who drove me crazy is also the man in my life who built me up who believed in me. And I believe that the same is true is what happened uh, in the life of Esther with Mordecai. And you know what, dads, you are selfless and we are so thankful for you. And I was thinking today about uh, our very own Jay Hansen. Mm -hmm. Jay is a man in our church, a father in our church. He has a little boy and he also has a little girl that's about to be born. Mm And Jay and his wife found out that their baby uh, has had some complications in this pregnancy. And uh, I have seen Jay as a father fight for his unborn baby girl. I mean, sacrifices, praying, believing, and just fighting for his little girl before she's even in the world. And, And there are dads incredible dads that are so selfless that we celebrate today. Dads are selfless. Amen. 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 Well, the second thing that I see in Mordecai that I see in fathers that I want to celebrate today is that fathers lead by example. They Mm -hmm. lead by example. You know, to be true to the scripture, we have to look at Esther chapter three and we have to ask the question, why didn't Mordecai bow to Haman? Hmm. What were his intentions? Did he consider that there would be a consequence for not bowing down to Haman? What was going on for Mordecai in this situation? And really, we don't know, but scholars have toyed around with several different options and reasons why maybe Mordecai didn't bow down to Haman. So I'm just going to give you a couple here really quick. It might have been that Mordecai was jealous. Mm -hmm. Did you know that in the end of Esther chapter 2, Mordecai saves the king's life? In fact, he tells Esther that people are about to kill King Xerxes and King Xerxes finds out and he's, uh, of course, saved. And he remembers that about Mordecai. I wonder if Mordecai was hopeful that he would get a position of honor because he did that. Maybe Mm. he was jealous. We don't know totally, but Mordecai had to watch Haman be elevated to this position of great honor. Has someone ever gotten a promotion that didn't deserve it at Mm. your work? Someone, maybe you deserved it. And this wasn't just like a middle management to upper management promotion. This was like, skip all of the stages, all of the levels. And here we have Haman at the very top. And you got to wonder if Mordecai was jealous of that. Mm. The second reason that we wonder about is also that I wonder if Mordecai realized that Haman was an Agagite. And if we look in the scriptures in the Old Testament, Agagites came from the same lineages of lineage as the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. And the Amalekites were a group of people who over and over again in the in the new in the Old Testament tried to take out the Jews. In fact, did you know when when the Jews were the Israelites were in slavery for 400 years, they finally get free. They're walking in the wilderness and here come the Amalekites and they want to take them out. Mm. And I wonder if in this moment, Mordecai realized, you know what? Saul, back in the Old Testament, he didn't take out the Amalekites like God told him to. And so now we have Haman who comes from that same, mm. that same line in a position of power. Wow. 
Could it be that Haman refused to bow because he knew that he came from that same lineage and that he did not want to bow to the same group of people, to the same man who would represent those people who tried to take out the Jewish people over and over and over Mm. again? It very well could have been the reason. But you know what? Whatever the reason was, Mordecai decided to step in. He decided to say, you know what? I still have to help bring redemption to this situation. I've got to make sure that what happened here is something that I can step into and be the man of God that God called me to be. And you know what? Today we celebrate you dads for leading by example. You know what Mm. Mordecai did that I love so much? Mordecai not only stepped into this situation, but you'll see later in the scriptures that Mordecai empowered Esther. He empowered Esther to save a nation. This man of God, one of the things that it means to be a man of God is to bow down and to say, you know what? I'm going to empower Esther Hmm. to be the one who would save a nation. And I love that Mordecai did that. The fact is, is that without Mordecai, there would not be an Esther. There would not be Mm -hmm. this situation. So we have to understand that Mordecai stepped into this situation and they saved a nation. You know what, fathers, I want to tell you today that we're so thankful that you're empowering us, that you're empowering your sons and your daughters and your families. Mm -hmm. We are so glad that you're leading by example, that you're stepping into messes, maybe that you didn't create, that someone else should have taken ownership of, but you're stepping in. And you may not have the position of power that Haman did. Mordecai didn't have that position of power, but maybe dads, you're stepping into situations and you're saying it's not too late. It's not too late. Let me tell you, dads, if you feel like you've messed up, if you feel like the world is against you, if you feel like the the way that you've treated your kids or your family is unforgivable, whatever it is, whatever kind of guilt or condemnation that you may be feeling today, dads, I want to tell you, don't give up. You know that that, that Esther had a call of God on her life and it took Mordecai, it took her dad to help step in and empower her to be the woman of God that she was supposed to be. And dads, your children have a call of God on their life Mm. and they need their daddies to help them reach and fulfill that call of God on their lives. Amen. Well, Jesus, we look at Jesus and we realize that in the New Testament, the, our heavenly father, he also empowered Jesus. Mm. In fact, in Matthew, it says this, This is my son, Heavenly Father is speaking to Jesus, empowering him. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Hmm. Aren't those incredible, incredible words? Dads, you are important for your children. And I want to thank you for being selfless, for leading by example, for owning your mistakes, Hmm. for stepping in to hard situations, for being selfless for leading by example, two things that we see in Mordecai, two things that I celebrate about fathers today. I want to pray a blessing over fathers. If you're here and you're hearing my voice and you're watching this today, I want you to know that God is with you, fathers. He is for you. He is proud of you. And dads, we want to spend some time just praying over you right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all of the dads all the dads, Mm -hmm. God, that are being so brave and courageous, that are stepping in, that are dealing with pressure, that are dealing with hard things. And Lord, I pray right now over dads that they would be encouraged today. Father, they would know that they are loved, 
that they are appreciated, that, that we as the next generation, we're thankful for the ways that they have stood up in our culture and in our society, society in godly ways. So Lord, I just pray a blessing over every father today in Jesus' name.